Your news, your entertainment, your business. We're on a mission from God. This is the Rich Rothman Show. Good afternoon, everybody. It's uh, 5 o'clock straight up. Welcome to the Rich Rothman Show, along with myself and Wanda Miles. Good to have you here, Wanda. And uh, we have an interesting show for you for your ride home this afternoon. It's 5 o'clock, and uh, you're on 880 The Biz. The number here is 866-954-4276, 866-954-4276. And um, just a couple of things. I just want to uh, get one thing out there. I, um, I hosted an event on Sunday for um, the uh, New World Performing Arts uh, School. Yeah, you, know, you know, over uh, near Miami-Dade Community College. Yeah. They did a fashion show from the 1940s and 50s with music and, and their dance troupe, huh. their whole dance class, and, uh, you know, hosted by uh, by what, me, what? but but directed by, uh, uh, well, you know, over, ultimately directed by, uh, you know, Dean Lewis. Uh, what Dan kind of Lewis. dancing? Oh, they did all sorts of dancing, all from ballet to, uh, you know, heavy-duty Impressionist, uh, heavy duty. You know, little rock and roll, and uh, so it's kind of like Dancing with the Stars. Yeah, it was better. They were the Miami Stars. Anyway, the Miami Idols. Three hundred and thirty people showed up. I just like to say that uh, folks need to get involved with this school. It was just wonderful to see these kids. Ninety kids performing. Uh, a terrific, terrific program. And I just want to get that out there. We'll talk. We're going to get him on the show in the next couple of weeks. We'll get uh, uh, Dan Lewis. Uh, on the show along with uh, the principal of the school and some other folks. Uh, just really enjoyed it. All right, here's the show for today. Uh, we're going to have uh, Charles Russo, Dr. Charles Russo on at about 5.05 from the Fort Lauderdale Diet Book. And from Fort Lauderdale, he's a cardiologist. And then we have at about 5.10, we have uh, Sally Kellerman calling in from Los Angeles. Mm, that name sounds good. Yes, familiar. it is. Sally Kellerman. I know you know Sally. She's just magnificent. Mm -hmm. And I'm real excited to be able to talk to her because she starred and was nominated for an Academy Award and the Golden Globe for probably one of the best, certainly the best Robert Altman movie, uh, MASH. But aside from that, uh, she's been in a number of uh, films that I just absolutely love. And um, she does great, great stuff as well as sell a, a heck of a lot of salad dressing. We're going to talk about that later, too. And then at the bottom of the uh, half hour, uh, going into the uh, the final stretch, we're going to have Ed Black. Edwin Black is going to be here. You know, Ed wrote and has been on the show many, many times for uh, his book called The Plan, which talks about energy usage and oh, the realities of that. But now he has a book out called Nazi Nexus. Which hmm. is just going to blow your mind when you listen Sounds to this. Sounds like it might. Talk about corporate America. So it's going to be a very interesting show. And uh, I think uh, just a couple of comments today to talk about. The, the stock market actually finished. Uh, in, in, <laughs> wow, let me think for a second. It finished up 236 points to finish at 7350. Now that snaps a tremendous losing streak that we had, which knocked us down from uh, about 81 down to 71. Hundred that is, and so the Dow Jones finished at seventy-three fifty. It was up uh, three and a half points today, three and a third points, which is great. The uh, uh, the uh, Nasdaq uh, was up about fifty-four points for about a three point nine percent gain, and the S and P was up twenty-nine point eighty-one, which is pretty good to finish at seven seven three point fourteen for about a four percent gain. So that was very significant, and not all that happened because Bernanke, um, the head of the Fed. 
made a couple of comments. Number one, head of the Fed, the head of the Fed, uh, made a couple of comments at the head of the Fed, yeah. at the meeting on Capitol Hill for his semi-annual discussion with the Congress as to what's happening with the economy, and he said that he felt that. Uh, if we get the banking crisis under control, which we were doing, and also that they did not, he did not see nationalizing Bank of America, so he didn't think that was going to happen, and uh, and he felt that the re that we we're going to pull out of the recession at the end of 2009. So all of a sudden, he gave some light at the end of the tunnel, and the market just responded, you know, dramatically today with a 236 point. And it didn't happen until after he gave a speech, which is kind of intriguing and wonderful. So I was very glad to see that because you know occasionally one of the things that you know if you look back on in history and you look at FDR, one of the things FDR did when when the proverbial F was hitting the fan all over the place between 1930 and, and World War II, and then during World War II. He he always gave a sense of confidence. He always gave you the, the feeling that, you know, he was in charge. We're going to get through this. I'm here for you because you elected me, and I'm going to do the right thing for you. And, you know, the fireside chats being an example of that. He used the radio to the fullest extent, as perhaps Obama's going to use the Internet, you know, the 21st century to reach out to people. But we're, anyway, Obama's going to speak tonight in front of Congress, and he's going to talk about the economy. And it's going to be interesting because a lot of people are hoping that he gives... You know, we know there's gloom and doom. My God, we get gloom and doom every day. I mean, every day we're dooming and glooming and the market's falling and the, the banks are going to do this and Citibank's not going to make it and, you know, Bank of America is doing this and, you know, uh, the Attorney General for uh, New York is, uh, you know, subpoenaing the guys ahead of Bank of uh, You know, it just goes on and on and on and on. And we know that. Everyone knows that. You can't turn on the news. You can't read a newspaper. You can't do anything. I got it. Uh, without understanding that that's what's happening. But, we got a lot of people that can do that for us. All you gotta do is watch any of the news channels. But the president needs to give us hope and confidence. I mean, that's why people elected him. You know, hope and change, change and hope, and hope and change. So here we are. He's gonna speak tonight. We all should be listening to that. And if, if you can't, go listen to it on the internet later, because you know he's good on the internet. And then um, uh, we'll have a conversation on that in the next show. But we'll see if the market goes up from there. But um, uh, we're up to a break right now. We got about a minute and a half. Yeah. Let me, uh, hey, uh, Charles Russo. Oh. Charlie Russo, are you there? Yes, I am. Really. Hang on for a second. We're gonna, we got about 30 seconds, and we're gonna have to take a, a break, and then we're gonna get right back to you. But, uh, Charlie Russo, author of the book, Fort Littledale Diet, and well-known, very famous society cardiologist, no, I'm just kidding. The cardiologist from East Fort Lauderdale, Charles Russo, is gonna be here to talk about, you know, surviving the down economy, with maybe an upscale uh, diet. Maybe you can do better for yourself. But even if the economy's bad, you still got to take care of your heart and your and your blood vessels and everything else that's inside of you. We're going to be right back on 880 The Biz. Rich Roffin, along with Dr. Charles Russo. Don't go anywhere. The International Trade Consortium, or the ITC, promotes Miami-Dade County as a global gateway by enhancing international relations, cultural understanding, and international trade. Every year, the ITC leads two business development missions to countries that have the potential to increase trade with our community through Miami International Airport or the Port of Miami. The ITC is the official county agency charged with the development of this trade and functions as an umbrella organization or clearinghouse for other trade development efforts within the county. Our vision is to promote and strengthen Miami-Dade County's excellent business climate, strong international financial services, and rich cultural diversity, making it the logical platform for trade with Latin America and the Caribbean. 
For more information about the Jay Molina International Trade Consortium, go to MiamiDade.gov slash ITC or call us at 305-375-5808. It might be as simple as a water heater that bursts and floods your home. It could be as devastating as a fire that destroys your home. Either way, you need someone to represent you to make sure you get the maximum compensation from your insurance company. You need someone who knows how to prepare claims accurately. You need someone who can help you get a prompt and equitable settlement. You need East Coast Public Adjusters, one of the largest and most dependable firms in the insurance industry. East Coast Public Adjusters will be there for you every step of the way, from the initial evaluation and throughout the preparation of your claim. Sometimes people settle claims with their insurance company only to realize they're entitled to much more. East Coast Public Adjusters will help you reopen your claim and try to get you the money you need. If you've suffered damage to your home from flood, fire, lightning, wind or smoke damage, or even theft, you need East Coast Public Adjusters. Call East Coast Public Adjusters today. 305-441-0882. 305-441-0882. Or on the web at eastcoastadjusters.com. Should commodities be part of your investment portfolio in 2009? What might be the performance for commodities in 2009? Where are the energy prices going? Is the bearish trend coming to an end in the U.S. dollar? Should I own gold or silver? Will the cost of food go up or down? If these questions are important to your investment strategy, then you should be talking to MB Wealth, a full-service commodity brokerage, to find out how MB Wealth is positioning its clients to take advantage of commodities over the next few months and quarters. Let MB Wealth help you at the retail level or advise you on a partial asset allocation with a commodity trading advisor with an established track record. In this volatile economy, it is more important than ever to have a diversified portfolio. Find out more on commodity investment specifics by calling MB Wealth at 954-929-9997 or log on to our website at www.mbwealth.com. While you're there, check out MB Wealth's weekly commodity commentary plus monthly research articles, tools that can help with your investment decisions. Call Matt Bradbard, President MB Wealth, at 954-929-9997 for all the details. MB Wealth, a full-service commodity firm. Risk of loss in trading commodity futures and options can be substantial. All funds committed should be purely risk capital. Past performance is no guarantee of future trading results. Seaboard Marine is an ocean transportation company that provides direct regular service between the United States and the Caribbean Basin, Central and South America. Seaboard Marine's success in the region for nearly 25 years has enabled it to expand into new markets, now serving nearly 40 ports in over 20 countries. Seaboard Marine's facilities include a private terminal of nearly 70 acres at the Port of Miami. Seaboard Marine carries more cargo to and from the Port of Miami than any other carrier. Although this facility complies with and exceeds all governmental security mandates, it operates seven days a week, 365 days a year, a unique convenience for its customers. Seaboard Marine serves these routes from Miami, Bahamas, Grand Cayman, Colombia, Dominican Republic, Eastern Caribbean, Haiti, Jamaica, North Central America, South Central America, Venezuela, and the West Coast of South America, including Peru, Chile, Bolivia. Seaboard Marine, a trade leader in the Western Hemisphere. No one covers local, national, and world news like Rich Rothman. And no one covers local, national, and world shipping like DHL. DHL. Customer service is back in shipping. From Atlantic Radio Network. Ask not 
what your country can do for you. The RichRothmanShow.com. Ask what you can do for your country. This is The Rich Rothman Show. Okay, welcome back. Long bank of ads. All right, Dr. Charles Russo. Hi, Rich. I'm sorry to do that to you. I apologize. Hey, let me ask. So in a bad economy, you know, you would think people would eat well. You know what? It's amazing because in a bad economy, people like McDonald's are doing well. Uh, cocoa is doing well. Chocolatiers are doing well. I'll bet ice cream people. It's all, you know, it's feel-good well, food. Because they're comfort foods. But comfort, right. What we're here to hammer home is low-tech and, and uh, economical is the way to go. Unfortunately, in a bad economy, there are practical matters that we have to take into consideration. And, and even though we don't want people to neglect their health, the fact of the matter is that people with high co-pays or deductibles are not going to go in for regular visits to the doctors or the dentist. Uh, but the point is that... Uh, Things that are healthy, such as fruits and vegetables, cereals, grains, legumes, and, and those sorts of things, are actually much cheaper than meats uh, and products like that. So people can continue to eat healthy, eat economically, uh, and then just combine, combine it with a little uh, walking or exercising and uh, try and keep themselves healthy in these tough times. Well, so what are you seeing? Because you see people all the time every day. What are you seeing with people? You're seeing, are we gaining weight again? Yeah, we are gaining weight again. Uh, the, the economy is, is definitely weighing on everybody, and people tend to eat more than uh, not eat, uh, uh, you know, because it's one of the few inexpensive things that they can actually do at this point, even if they're getting together now around their uh, kitchen table as opposed to in restaurants, uh, to, you know, to uh, for comfort and for uh, commu- sense of community at this point. You know, the other thing is, I used to think that we were in a recession-proof uh, profession, but that's absolutely not the case in this day and age. As I said, most of these health plans have fairly significant copays and deductibles, and people are just not coming in for routine checkups. Well, that's true. I mean, I noticed that my copay, which was fairly low a number of years ago, uh, has gone up. Was last year was about twenty-five hundred, and now. It's going to go up to probably about another thousand beyond that. Yeah, mine was twenty five hundred, and now it's forty one. Yeah, it's mine's going to go to about four, and uh, and that's you know, hey, but what am I going to do? That's the way it goes. You're right. You're you right. Uh, but but you know, part of that is uh, obviously if people are not feeling well, we don't advocate that they stay home. But if people want to continue to feel well, as I said, there are fruits and vegetables and cereals and grains and legumes are very healthful foods. They're very inexpensive foods, much cheaper than you know any meats, especially red meat. Uh, and if they just combine a few extra meals with those sorts of things, uh, you need to eat healthy. It'll be easier for them to keep their weight down. They'll actually paradoxically feel more energy too. The heavier meals that you eat, the, the more it weighs you down, the less energy you have anyway. And then just combine that with a simple exercise regimen such as walking. Well, I know. What we did a couple of weeks ago, you, you mentioned Cheerios. So all yep. of a sudden, we have Cheerios in the house. I noticed that. And so you can, you, you know, you know, Gloria takes, my wife takes uh, uh, Cheerios in a little baggie in the car with her. Yep. And that's her snack during the day. Eat them dry, exactly. Yeah, she just eats them dry. My, my son does. Variety packs of them around there. Yeah, we can yeah. have snacks in yeah. between. Exactly. My son uh, takes Cheerios and he, and I, I take, well, he gets yelled at for that anyway because we don't want that, but he takes it into his room. So when he's uh, doing his homework, he eats a couple of Cheerios along the way. An apple, peach, pear, any any piece of fruit like that um, is, is good for a snack also, and it's healthy. A banana, those are all good snacks, as well as, you know, carrot and celery sticks. Those are all better snacks. So given the fact that we're in a down economy, 
you know, what are you seeing? What symptoms are you seeing more prevalent now, or could you be seeing more prevalent now? Stress, anxiety, people coming in with palpitations, really, uh, chest discomforts that are. Um, uh, not really heart-related. When when people are tense and nervous, they tend to tense their body their body muscles, particularly the upper torso, the head and neck, and they start to get these arm and chest and neck discomforts uh, that primarily may be musculoskeletal, but worry them that they're a symptom of an underlying uh, condition such as a heart condition and so on. That's what we're seeing a lot of actually. Well, there's a lot of stress. You know, there's a whole generation out there, Charles that, uh, you know, my generation, the baby boomer generation, that, uh, you know, a, a bunch of us have lost a huge amount of retirement funding. You know what? If, if I, can, I can live with that, hopefully being young enough to work through it. The thing that's, that's really killing us is the 529s, our kids' uh, savings plans for college that have been cut in half and that we need now, not 10 years from now. I know that. So, and then, and well, you know, the interesting thing is Obama put in the stimulus, President Obama put in the stimulus plan, uh, more funding for education. So maybe there'll be more money out there for, for loans to education, but that's still a loan. You've got to pay it back. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know? So that doesn't cut it with me. Well, you'll do what, you, as you know, you'll do what you can to educate your kids. It's, as I said, that's the, that's the, the real uh, uh, sad part. I, I could care less about my retirement. I'll work till the day I die if I have to, but it's the kids' college funds that I need now. I have two in college. One is a junior in high school. One's going to be a freshman in, uh, in high school, and it's their 529s that have been cut drastically that I need now. That's, that's the thing that hurts. Let me ask you a quickie before we run out of time. If someone feels stress, because uh, that affects the circulatory system in the heart. If someone feels stress, what's a good thing for them to do to de-stress themselves? What could they do? The best things to do are, again, the, the natural things, and there are many things you can do in terms of biofeedback to relax yourself, whether they're breathing exercises, whether it's taking up yoga or stretching, whether it's taking up Tai Chi. Some people, like myself, actually have to do what we call overdrive suppression. Um, I actually just exercise uh, uh, more to, to an exhausted state so that I'm so burnt out that I can't possibly be stressed by anything. But these are all different ways that people can cope with, uh, with stress. Well, you know, we hope they can, and, and you know, we hope that they can get through the situation. Now, the market was up today, which is nice to see, but it's only one day. You can't look now. you got to look out. You know, you got to look out. But I find myself getting up at 3 in the morning and just wondering what's going on in my life, yeah. you know, at, at my ripe old age. You know? No, you're right. And, uh, <laughs> and some, some of us get up at 3 or 4 in the morning and go out and run <laughs> just to dissipate the stress and then come back and, and work and hope that, that uh, by the end of the day we're just so exhausted we can fall asleep peacefully and not lie awake staring at the ceiling. I know. So anyway, listen, Dr. Charles Russo has his book, The Fort Lauderdale Diet. You can go to Amazon.com and look it up, uh, The Fort Lauderdale Diet, and uh, it's going to be great for you because it's a very easy read. It's a very quick read. It's an easy read, and it's loaded with good ideas and recipes and things that you can do to make your life that much better because the last thing you want to do is have to go see your cardiologist Absolutely because you're grabbing your chest and falling to the floor, you know? Thanks again, Rich. Not that I want to pay anybody, but hurricane season's only about three months away. <laughs> Not to get worried about anything, but it's coming. Anyway, Charlie, we'll see you next week. Thank you, Rich. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. He's, he's got to get out there and save the world, which is what Dr. Charles Russo, East Fort Lauderdale physician, is a good guy. 
And uh, but take a look look at his book, The Fort Lauderdale Diet. I think you'll enjoy it. It's a very very easy read, and and it gives you good things that you can do that you don't have to get crazy with. And you know, you know what the bottom line is? All of us are dealing with a tremendous amount of stress. There's no question about it. Everyone's wondering whether they're going to be around in the next year or so in terms of work, or they're going to be around the next week or so in terms of work. It's you know, it's not a good time, but. You gotta maintain your composure and you gotta be able to maintain the stress levels. And Charlie's right. There are things that you can do. A little running wouldn't hurt. A little walking wouldn't hurt. But eating the right stuff, it's amazing that when you look at the stats in the stock market and the companies that are not doing badly, it's the fast food guys. You know, the, the Big Macs are doing great. The burgers are doing great. All the Kentucky Fried Chicken, that's Love, uh, company, LUV. They're all doing Great. It's just amazing. And Coco, you know, we talk about Matt Bradbard at MB Wealth. Coco has done spectacularly well uh, this last year, up many, many, many points uh, as a commodity. And, uh, and we've been told about that for a long, long time. And why is that? Because people look for comfort food when, you know, things don't go well. I don't know. Hey, Wanda, are you eating more comfort foods now at all? Mm, are you increasing? No. no. Not I'm yet. Still eating the same stuff. Eating the same stuff. I'm taking more walks though. Well, that's because you have a dog. Yeah. See, now there's another thing. I mean, I'm going to talk about. We have to talk yeah. to Charlie about that. If you have a pet, <laughs> obviously not a cat, because most people don't walk their cats. No, Although you like can. It. They I've don't seen like it. it very much, but. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they they don't dig being on a on a collar too much with a, a leash. They just kind of, yeah. you know, they get on their back. Fun and to they, watch though. They roach out crazy. Yeah, it is fun to watch. But um, uh, but dogs, if you have a get a dog, if you can have a dog, then you take care of it and you feel good about life. You know, hugging a warm little pet is is a good thing. It's a de-stress thing. They take them. You know, Pacino, my my uh, my older standard schnauzer, is a rescue dog. Not a rescue dog. He's a um, uh, a, a dog that goes into a hospital and works with uh, oh, patients. Yes. Yes, He's yes, certified yes. for that. Oh, good. And, he, and he, he used to do that. Gloria used to take him every Wednesday a few years ago. And he would go in the hospital in Hollywood and he'd deal with stroke patients. Good. And we'd give the chance to the stroke, you know, hug him and, you know, the best they could do and use their arms and muscles. And then he would steal their cookies yeah. when they weren't looking. That's how it works. That's how it works. But, um, but if you have a dog, you get out and you walk. And they find that people who have pets and walk their pets actually are dealing with things better than those who don't. And old people who have pets do better with old age because they have something to care for. I know. So there's a little, you know, little minor things that you can be thinking of. So let me get back to what's going to go on for the rest of the show. We're just waiting for Sally to call in yep. from the West Coast. Patiently. And patiently. And pretty soon we're going to run out of time, and that's kind the way it goes. Kind of. But um, anyway, the, uh, we have Ed Black coming on in a few minutes. And um, Ed Black, uh, as you well know, has, is a well-known uh, New York Times writer. And uh, has written a number of books, and we'll, we'll we'll list some of those books for him. Maybe I could give him a little heads up right now on some of the things that he's written. So hang on one second, I'll tell you. Uh, Ed has written okay. He's written the plan, which we we reviewed here many many times yeah. and talked about about oil and what's going on with that. He wrote another book called Internal Combustion, which <laughs> let me think what that is about. Stress. Uh, kind of okay. cars. Uh, he wrote about banking in Baghdad. He wrote a book called War Against the uh, Weak. He wrote a book, IBM and the Holocaust, Aha, which is getting into what we're going to talk about wow. today. Okay. And he wrote a book called uh, The Transfer Agreement, and he wrote a novel called Format C. So he's a very prolific writer, and um, uh, you can catch some of this stuff at edwinblack.com. But he has a book out uh, that's being released right now in February '09, called Nazi Nexus, N-E-X-U-S, America's Corporate Connections to Hitler's Holocaust. 
Wow. Which a lot of people didn't realize. I, I, I actually am hip to some of this because I, well, I watch the History Channel. Sounds like, you know, how they say Al-Qaeda is getting funded somehow through corporate Probably. Things, Probably. Know, big money goes Probably. Places. Well, wait till you find out what U.S. corporations were doing for the Nazis in World War know. II. I don't want to Pretty know. sick stuff. Oh, no. But uh, So we're going to have uh, Ed Black here in just a few Are we going to be boycotting places? No, 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 okay. no, 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 no. What's that's the point? It's, it's 50 years ago. Oh, okay. What are we going to do? They're about? not even around. And anymore. Henry Ford is dead anyway. <laughs> okay. So who cares? The guy's dead. He's taking the dirt All now. All right. It's really just a history. Anyways, story. Rich Rothman on 880 The Biz, The Rich Rothman Show. The number's 866-954-4276. Um, let me just uh, get your opinion on something that's that's kind of intriguing. I and this whole stress thing just annoys. What annoys me? And I was talking to. Uh, to my, my buddy. Um, you you at, can't get annoyed by stress. Well, I, what annoys me is that I want something. I mean, don't you want something to be done to the people who put us in this position? Anybody out there feeling that way? Don't you want something? Ha Wouldn't it be nice if Bernie Madoff, instead of staying, staying in his $5 million uh, you know, apartment overlooking Central Park, wouldn't it be nice if Bernie actually was in a jail? for, for uh, ripping off $50 billion. Wouldn't it be nice if the head of Stanford would go ahead, the guy from Texas would go ahead and actually get arrested for what they allege to be, uh, you know, ripping off maybe another $50 billion or more? Now, wouldn't it be nice? I mean, Bernie Madoff's thing caused at least two deaths, two, mur two suicides. One army general committed suicide. He lost all his retirement. And then the other one was the, uh, the French banker. You know, his fund in France, which invested in Bernie... Yeah. Which, by the way, they found out there's not one paper trail. They have no paper trail for any stocks, any equities that this guy alleged that he bought for his clients. He didn't buy anything, evidently. He didn't buy anything. Hmm. Why is this man walking around, going out for Chinese takeout and bringing it back to his apartment? You know, if we did so we did anything like that, close to that, if we stole the $1,000, hmm. $500, if I ripped off a, you know, a, a portable TV, I'm in jail. I'm in. I'm going down. I'm. I'm in jail. I don't understand. Is anyone else mad as hell? You know about that out there? Is anybody mad? Does anyone say I've had enough of this? That you know it's not right. That you know handful of greedy SOBs in this country have put us in this position. I am stunned by the fact that no one has been indicted yet. I'm just stunned by that. It's nice to see the Attorney General Why? of New York State did something. Why but is he still walking around? Well, let me think. Because he was worth a lot of money, because he's a master of the universe, you know, as Tom Wolfe would say, is it is it because he's not us? Oh. Don't you think that's it, Wanda? I'm not quite sure. That's, I mean, that's all. Anyone know why he's still walking around? 866-954-4276. If you want to rant a little bit, get, do a Dennis Miller on us. It's not safe for him to call. be walking around. Well, he's not walking by himself. He's oh, walking with some security people, <laughs> I think. No, he got pushed by one of the TV guys <laughs> okay. a few weeks ago. He got pushed, and you know, and he kept pushed. smiling. He should have been shot by one of the guys. He took money from so many people and just blew it out the window, wow. including many foundations, people who have foundations to do good things for other people. I just it makes me extremely, extremely upset that uh, uh, these guys just, you know, you know, just get away with it. That's what bothers me, and and and. And in the average person, people are being laid off. People, you know, as, as Charlie just pointed out, the doctor, you know, people are worried sick. Children can't go to college right now because they won't have their college funds. People can't retire. People who are on retirement are losing their retirement pensions because it's based upon the, uh, 
you know, the, the stock market. I know Aunt Sophie. We know Aunt Sophie well. And Sophie's, uh, you know, pension has come down. Cause it's I can't stand it. I know, Sophie, she can. But it's the fact of the matter is that pensions come down. Really? So all these retired people. Now, Aunt Sophie, by the way, is about to celebrate her 99th birthday next week. Wow. March 6th. She's going to be 99. She might make it to 100. That's incredible. I see. I know that's, that's terrific. Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tough lady, but uh, but it just it makes me absolutely insane that uh, these people have done this to all of us. That you watch now. The thing that amazes me is that so many people have lost so much money, and there are so many mortgages out there that have gone down, and there are thousands and thousands and thousands. It must be millions of mortgages. How come no one's going down for this? I mean, how could this have occurred and nobody gets indicted for this whatsoever? I'm just blown away by it. It just makes me sick when I think about it. And and, and I just wanted to tell you that. You know, we do a show uh, every Saturday in Houston and New Orleans, and we talk about the insurance claims. And, and I know that you know one of our one of our clients is East Coast Public Adjusters. It's one of our advertisers, uh, Pat Catania. Good people, great people. And I do a show with Pat. And we talk about it, and I know you say, wow, how exciting. But it really is exciting because the point of the matter is that these people have suffered dramatic losses. So imagine, you know, and, we, and in Florida we can relate to this. We've gone through Andrew, we've gone through Wilma, we've gone through Katrina. I mean, we've been through a lot of storms. Can you imagine going through that and then on top of all of that, losing your roof and losing your house and all that other nonsense, and Galveston certainly lost everything. Then you lose the money that you have in the bank, and you can't even be sure that your bank is going to be there next month. Holy moly, what's going on in the United States right now? Makes me sick. Absolutely makes me sick. So, having said that, I know we, we got Ed on the phone, and we're going to come back after the break with Ed Black. And we're going to talk about Nazi Nexus, America's Corporate Connections to Hitler's Holocaust by Edwin Black, whom I call Ed. And uh, we're looking forward to speaking to Edwin because he's terrific. So we're going to be right back on the Rich Rothman Show, 880 The Biz, uh, right here. Don't go anywhere. we got some good stuff coming up. The Port of Miami is the second largest economic engine in our community, providing an annual economic base of over $16 billion and over 100,000 jobs. These are high-paying in-demand jobs, very much coveted by other cities and ports throughout the Americas. We're fortunate to have this business. And of that $16 billion, international trade and cargo at the port accounts for over $13 billion per year, a significant fact, as well as a significant economic impact for all of us, the Port of Miami, working to enhance and contribute to the economic success of our country, further reinforcing Miami and South Florida as the gateway to the Americas. A new terminal that is larger than some mid-sized U.S. airports. The new Miami International Airport. A new 350-space ground-level short-term parking lot. The new Miami International Airport. The only U.S. airport with sleep pods. The new Miami International Airport. The international gateway to the Americas with more flights to South America than all U.S. airports combined. The new Miami International Airport. And coming soon, 61 new retail and food shops to add to your airport savoir-faire. Come experience the new Miami International Airport and watch us move towards the future. The new Miami International Airport. 
Where in South Florida can you find a truly elegant hotel with 276 luxury guest rooms, offering a newly renovated championship golf course, tennis course, the largest hotel swimming pool in the country with private poolside cabanas, a world-class spa, and an award-winning fitness center with a restaurant that Zagat called one of the best restaurants in the country, all spread over a 150-acre tropical paradise landscape. Give up? At Biltmore Coral Gables, Miami, a golf and spa resort. Built in 1926, Biltmore Coral Gables, Miami, the golf and spa resort, is a South Florida landmark. With all the amenities to make your next getaway weekend or night away from the kids a memorable experience. Visit www.biltmorehotel.com for more information or call 1-800-747-1926 for reservations. Your next great getaway weekend or night out awaits you at Biltmore Coral Gables, Miami, a golf and spa resort. Do you own a business outsourcing your accounting? Then call the accounting and tax experts at TNJ Tax Service. For over 30 years, TNJ Tax Service has been preparing taxes for South Florida companies and individuals. As enrolled agents with the Internal Revenue Service, the pros at TNJ Tax Service can represent you or your company professionally to the IRS. Have challenges with your company's bookkeeping? Then call TNJ Tax Services. QuickBooks certified. TNJ Tax Services can provide training on QuickBooks for any small business. If you need monthly or quarterly bookkeeping services to handle all of your payroll and business needs, then you need to call TNJ and J Tax Service, located at Taft and Flamingo in the Pillbox Plaza. Call 954-432-1700. 954-432-1700. TMJ Tax Services. No one covers local, national, and world news like Rich Robbins. And no one covers local, national, and world shipping like DHL. DHL. Customer service is back in shipping. From Atlantic Radio Network. This is the Rich Rothman Show. I wash my hands of this business. Show.com. Okay, welcome back. It's 32 minutes after the hour in the second half of the show. And we're very, very happy to have back a good friend, Edwin Black, author of Nazi Nexus, America's Corporate Connections to Hitler's Holocaust. Hi, Ed. How are you? I'm fine. How are you, my friend? Oh, it's good to speak to you. My God, we're going to talk about something other than energy today. That's right. Well, actually... I've been working on Holocaust and genocide for several decades prior to my involvement in energy, so I'm in turf that I know well, unfortunately too well. Well, let me let me first. This book is new and it's coming out right now. Uh, actually, um, uh, you've got the sneak preview. It's not coming out uh, for uh, a week and a half. Ooh. This is this is. Uh, did this early. I got the advanced. I, I read the whole thing that you sent to me, and you know it's very interesting. Growing up in New York, and then of course being 60 years of age and being up at three o'clock in the morning watching the History Channel, you know, and all that Nat Geo and stuff like that. Uh, I've seen some of this, and and I and and, and I, really being a Jew in New York, we we already knew the thing about Ford. You know, that was a, well, as soon as you're old enough to understand things, your father sat you down and said, "And don't worry, son, never buy a Ford." No, let me tell the same you. Thing happened to to me, but no one really understood what it was about Ford's involvement with the Nazis that made him special and pivotal. And of course, until I wrote IBM and the Holocaust, no one knew that IBM organized the Holocaust for Adolf Hitler. Until I did War Against the Week, no one knew that the Carnegie institution created the concept of the master race and um, uh, paid to have it promulgated in Germany and no one knew that Rockefeller 
financed the program that sent Mengele into Auschwitz and that GM uh, uh, consciously um, and uh, with subterfuge uh, organized the motorization of the Third Reich that allowed it to get off horseback, get into automobiles, and conquer civiliza- and conquer the civilization of Europe. And then IBM organized the Holocaust and, and kept things under control and action. Well, you know what? Let's, let's stop for a minute. The whole point of Nazi Nazi, let, let's define the book. Because now that we've told them that we're dealing with the U.S. corporations, what is this about? So they get a little pricey on that. Nazi Nexus is about America's uh, American corporate's direct complicity in the Holocaust. It is not about trading with the enemy. I mean, it's not about companies like Coca-Cola that created Fanta Soda for the SS and for the average German soldier. It's not about uh, the tailors in um, in England that uh, sold um, uh, uniforms to the Nazis. It's not even about Standard Oil that helped the German mili- military. This is about the direct involvement in organizing, sponsoring, accelerating, and making viable the uh, Holocaust against the Jews and without this American corporate involvement the Holocaust or what what was Hitler's war against the Jews would have a very different size and shape a very different scope a very different number attached to it and so today as our nation and as the people in Florida are reeling from the impact of dishonest unethical uh, and um, uh, uh, unscrupulous corporations. They need to understand that some of these same names, uh, uh, IBM, GM, Ford, decades, of, uh, decades ago were actively involved in uh, genocide, consciously involved in genocide, in some case uh, co-planning genocide as uh, IBM did. Well, not only that, I mean, you know, one of the, the lines in your book, in, in Chapter 4 on General Motors and the motorization of the Reich, and you were talking about uh, Opel, and General Motors, their executive, the top, top, top executive, actually knew when the first Blitzkrieg was going to happen against Poland. Of course. Because um, they, they helped motorize it. Of course. Uh, not only did um, uh, the president of uh, General Motors, uh, the president of General Motors, uh, uh, organize a uh, the motorization of the Third Reich, which lacked which lacked automobiles, which lacked uh, oil, but um, uh, he actually authorized the pre-positioning of um, of uh, General Motors trucks and parts on the Polish border just days before the Blitzkrieg. In fact, uh, the Blitzkrieg was uh, launched successfully because of the blitz truck exactly i was going to get to that truck was made by general motors and so all right now having said that let's go back a little bit farther than general motors let's go back to ford because it's very interesting about ford one of the things i didn't realize i knew ford was a was let me think how do i phrase this he he was a um a natural intelligent man in the sense that he had a mechanical ability i guess but what I didn't realize is he didn't even finish what high school, and and he had a very, a rural, very uh, very protective, uh, very politically racist view on the world. Well, uh, Henry Ford invented uh, the concept of uh, r- political racist anti-Semitism. Prior to Henry Ford, anti-Semitism was in-group, out-group. It was religious-based. 
It was the fact that Jews were um, often strangers in the land in which they were they were settled. Um, there was no concept of an international Jewish conspiracy. It was Henry Ford that invented, not invented, but proliferated the theories of the Jewish menace that um, that Adolf Hitler uh, uh, idealized, and then uh, um, uh, and it was this that ignited Hitler's passion to create not just Jew hatred. Of course, Hitler was um, a Jew hater from the get-go. But it was uh, Henry Ford that gave Adolf Hitler the political, almost scientific rationale for, for Hitler to say, this is a menace, there are no good Jews. Well, and that goes back to, I mean, you talk about Martin Luther in, um, in, in, in that beginning of the, of the book as well, at least the parts that I saw. And then evidently Ford picked up on some of that. But, you know, Ford had the, the, here's the dangerous part with Ford. He had the money to do something about it. And what I didn't know is that Ford actually stepped down from Ford Motor for a while, got involved in publishing. Now here I've been in publishing for 30 years, Ed, you know, with magazines and some legal newspapers. Never knew that Ford was involved in that. Can you just discuss that a little bit? Well, Henry, uh, Henry Ford be, became convinced that the Jews had organized an international uh, conspiracy to topple world governments by controlling all of the media, all of the militaries, and all of the um, uh, governments of the world um, so that they could dominate it. And he took these ideas, which, pre which were presented to him uh, through a series of forgeries by uh, czarist agents, and bought a newspaper called the Dearborn Independent mm -hmm. and stepped down from his position running um, uh, Ford Motor Company uh, solely to publish and proliferate this immense um, uh, international libel against the Jews. And ultimately it came to the attention of Adolf Hitler, who said, uh, Henry Ford is my idol. And um, uh, in many instances, um, copies of the Protocols of the Elders of Zion, and that's what we are talking about, right. uh, were um, published in Germany with... Um, uh, with a picture of uh, of Henry Ford on one side and Adolf Hitler on uh, on, on the other. Did they ever meet? Um, they probably met when Hitler gave Henry Ford the um, uh, uh, a medal in the late 30s. Uh, there was a special uh, German eagle given to an outstanding foreigner who has served the Reich. The first to get that medal was Thomas Watson. In um, uh, um, uh, for helping to um, bring uh, information technology. And Thomas Watson, of course, was IBM. That's right, IBM. Right. I, uh, IBM gave um, 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 Adolf Hitler the gift of information technology. And it was through IBM that Hitler was able to organize, accelerate, quantify, and make effective all six phases of the Holocaust, the identification the expulsion, the uh, confiscation, the uh, deportation, um, and even the extermination of the Jews. All right, now and also, of course, their ghettoization. Yeah. yeah. And they did this through punch card technology, which had all the abilities of computers uh, to, uh, um, to quantify, find, and retrieve information according to holes uh, punched into cards, but, of course, slower than computers. So uh, Thomas Watson, and of course he earned a lot of money doing this. Well, uh, Thomas Watson 
actually got a, a commission right. on every transaction that went with Adolf Hitler, which in point of fact is a royalty on every Jewish death and murder uh, during the Holocaust. Thomas Watson got that royalty. So the interesting thing about the Nazis, and, you, and you, when you watch this and you read about this, and, and, and obviously being a Jew kid, Jewish kid from New York City, you know, we were indoctrinated with understanding this so we wouldn't forget it as a, as a culture and a part of our heritage. But um, the, the Nazis were fascinated by keeping information. They kept great records. That's why we know about the Holocaust. The Nazis kept incredible records about the people that they killed and how they killed them and, and so forth. And here you're saying in, in, uh, uh, that IBM was dramatically responsible for the ability to do that, which made it possible for them to be even more efficient at the killing machine. Yes, because uh, when Hitler came, came to power, uh, he knew that he hated Jews and he wanted to get rid of them, but he didn't know where the Jews were and who they were. And so Adolf Hitler got I so IBM came to Adolf Hitler and offered to do a census of uh, Germany, which involved the first racial census um, or racist sense, uh, census, and the Jews were identified um, by merely um, uh, self-identifying themselves. And so prior to this, it would take years and years for um, uh, a dictator or a despot to, to try to identify the Jews. But once IBM was able to punch the um, uh, language in, uh, into one column, the city into a second column, the religion into a third column, and the occupation into a fourth column, and the descent into a fifth column, at the rate of 28,000 cards per hour, uh, one, two, three, the Nazis could identify uh, every um, Jew of Polish extraction in Berlin engaged in the fur trade. Once they were identified, go after they, them. They were um, uh, expelled from society. Once again, all all the directories were subjected to IBM punch cards, in one form or or another. Always Im, uh, imperfectly, as technology is, they were expelled from society. All the bank records and financial records ran on IBM punch cards, so their their files, um, uh, their accounts were seized and liquidated. Um, then, of course, the Jews were um, um, uh, quantified and uh, uprooted from their homes and moved into ghettos. It isn't that they moved thousands of people and said, everybody go find a ghetto, uh, or hundreds of thousands. Uh, every person had a name. They were assigned. They moved at point A. They were delivered to point B. And uh, this was the ghettoization that was organized by, I by IBM. The um, uh, the um, uh, the uh, deportation of the Jews was organized where the Jews were um, uh, brought out of their ghettos, uh, loaded onto a train. It traveled two, uh, one to two days, um, uh, offloaded at Auschwitz or Treblinka or one of these mm -hmm. death camps. Um, uh, the Jews uh, stepped off the ramp in Auschwitz, and 45 minutes later, they were gassed. No waiting. That's unbelievable. That is traffic management. Yeah. And they even organized the extermination by labor program, where Jews with specific talents were matched by punch by uh, by punch cards to um, uh, specific job uh, necessities that the um, uh, Third Reich had 
uh, the Jews were moved from place to place and then, of course, worked to death. And um, this is my original research in IBM and the Holocaust is now distilled in uh, Nazi Nexus. So we're on the phone right now with uh, Edwin uh, Black, and uh, he wrote a book, he's written a book, and it's coming out in just about a week or so uh, by the name of Nazi Nexus. And it's going to be available at all major, um, you know, bookstores. Well, and there's sure. a few bookstores that have it now, and Amazon has got it, and a few Barnes and Nobles have got it now. But it, it isn't due to be released or break until March 1st. But it's available now in some certain places. Right. And let me let me go on because I, I want to get to a couple of the other uh, points in this. Number one, uh, Carnegie Eugenics and the Master Race. Let, let's talk about eugenics and, and Carnegie's interest in that. Well, the original concept of a uh, of a uh, race of men that was uh, to be superior, that was to have domination over all of mankind, was eugenics. That was American eugenics at the end of the um, uh, um, of the nineteen uh, at, 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 at the end of the eighteen hundreds. This emerged in America, and it was founded by um, uh, the Carnegie Institution in terms of their finance in turning a pseudoscience that um, uh, uh, individuals uh, passed uh, social traits like um, prostitution, mm -hmm. criminality, and even poverty in their genes and using the concept of Mendel's principles like pea pods or wheat, they decided the best way to improve mankind was to eliminate 10% of America at a time. And among their many solutions was public gas chambers. There was actually legislation for public gas chambers in places like Ohio in 1908. Um, and uh, where that did not work, they, uh, were, they uh, created concentration camps, such as in New Jersey, where they put the so-called feeble-minded, marriage restriction, uh, retroactive marriage voiding and all sorts of other um, methods to identify people who were not worthy of living. This concept was transmogrified into a previously racist Adolf Hitler and medicalized where the term Nordic, which was used in America, became Aryan. And so the master race that America sought from about 1900 until about 1925, when Hitler came along and read Mein Kampf, he actually wrote fan letters to American eugenicists at the uh, American Museum of Natural History and one of Margaret Sanger's um, leading colleagues who had written these racist books and said, this is how, um, uh, um, uh, uh, this is my Bible. And in Mein Kampf, it's, it explains that um, uh, the concept of the master race uh, has been practiced only intelligently in the United States, and he would emulate that. And in fact, these rules forced sterilization. Uh, and California, evidently, had a huge plan for forced sterilization and, and, and sterilized more people than anybody else in the United States. There were some 60,000 people in 27 states forcibly sterilized, most without their knowledge. Uh, sterilization was uh, about a third of them were done in California. Uh, this had the approval of the Supreme Court, Oliver Wendell Holmes, no less, 
wrote the decision. And in fact, at the Nuremberg trials, the um, uh, the Nazi doctors uh, claimed that they were only duplicating and emulating American rules, American science, American laws. They even entered the judgment of Oliver Wendell Holmes as a basis for their work. Ultimately, they were found to have committed genocide because hampering reproduction and attempting to, astroy, uh, to, to destroy an ethnic group was deemed to be genocide. Although America had engaged in this and had done so um, uh, for decades, it was the Nazis that hung. Okay, we have about uh, three minutes left. I want to very, very quickly touch on Mengele, R Rockefeller, and eugenics, and then we'll, we'll do a wrap-up on it. Um, uh, one of the um, uh, leading sponsors of eugenics was the Rockefeller Foundation, and they um, uh, had been pursuing for, for years and years the concept of twins. <clears throat> this is very sad. Because they felt um, twins uh, held the secret to uh, destruction of the uh, inferior races and the rapid multiplication of the master race. They funded many Nazi scientists, and um, including Atmar Vashur. And Atmar Vashur had an assistant, and that assistant was Mengele. And he was sent into Auschwitz to set up the twin program. And consequently, uh, whenever the trains came um, to Auschwitz, uh, even as the dogs were barking and uh, and the soldiers were screaming, two words were heard above all other noises. And those two words, and it was actually one word, screamed twice, was twins. We want twins. Those twins were then taken into a special barracks with profound, horrendous, monstrous medical experiments done upon them. This information was not just to, to be a Frankenstein. This was carefully and copiously noted and reported each week by special, by special messenger to the Rockefeller fellow, Atmir Vashur. That's just amazing. It's I mean, that's not, just amazing. When you put it all together, when you take the, this entire body of work, you can finally connect the dots. And I've done this now after years of living with this uh, research in all my various other books. Uh, because now it, it appears that had it not been for the political racism, the scientific uh, eugenics, the... Uh, um, the monstrous testing like in Mengele, the motorization of the Third Reich that allowed Europe, uh, that allowed Germany to race across borders, the organization by IBM, the Holocaust as we know it would have been a far different tragedy. What that tragedy was, no one knows. Who's responsible? Adolf Hitler. But Hitler had help. And it came right from here. You know? Wall Street. It just, it, you know, and, and this is such a greatly timed book, considering what people think about, you know, uh, large corporations and CEOs right it now. It will not be an easy book to read. None of my books are easy. It's bad news. It's horrific news. How come, well, let me, let me, let's go back to the 1930s and, and, uh, and 40s. Where was this reported or not? Did anyone know about this? Uh, no. So this was; these were secret projects. 
Uh, well, eugenics was widely reported, of course. Right, because that um, was up uh, to the Supreme Court. Eugenics was li was widely was widely reported, but the outlines of some of these involvements were covered up. The, the General Motors um, 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 axis, uh, the alliance with the Third Reich, was um, um, uh, veiled through uh, uh, a secret directorates and subsidiaries and secret boards of directors. Uh, the IBM information was, uh, to the extent that they could, uh, covered up. No one knew exactly what was going on, and um, uh, it uh, took me to put all this together, um, starting in about um, 2001, when I published IBM and the Holocaust. And uh, even though there was an IBM machine, in the Holocaust Museum, no one really understood what it was used for. The fact is, there was a Holocaust. Uh, there was an IBM customer site in every concentration camp. I know that's that is just so bloody amazing to me. Well, in listen, fact, the Auschwitz number tattooed began as an IBM number. It began as an IBM number. It was an IBM number. Yeah. Well, listen. Until it became so numerous it transmogrified into a whole different series of numbers it was originally the prisoner number that IBM gave every prisoner and um, uh, Ed I'm running out of time I gotta stop well, name we'll of the book again, we'll do it again Nazi Nexus Edwin Black Mayor Amazon.com all major bookstores within a week or so Ed thank you for being on the show take care everybody good night Next time. Back tomorrow for more of the good. Then I would have done it all. The bad. Film, television, and theater. The only thing left to be radio. The business. That's just for ugly people. This is the Rich Rothman Show. Ah, who am I kidding? I belong in radio. <laughs> it might be as simple as a water heater.